are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I've decided that with some prompting, I believe, of the Holy Spirit, that I need to keep the vision alive at Colate Community Church. So we're going to do at least three vision casting messages within a year, okay? I started one off when, when I took over in the transition. And uh, now before summer sets in, I want to do another. And then in the fall, we'll do another, amen? I want to keep you in tune, let you know what's going on, and uh, also to encourage your heart. All of us have goals in life. You can't live life without some vision or a dream of what you would like to do or what you would like to be. We all have plans for the future for ourselves and for our family. And if we are in tune with God, we'll have some plans for his church as well. The plans for his church will actually line up with his plan. Amen? Um, The life and faith, the life of faith is simple. It's simply a life of higher vision. It goes beyond the natural dreams and visions that we have for ourselves and our families. Because we include Christ in that vision. Although it may consist much of the same as someone without faith, it includes God in every aspect of the vision. Here at Colate Community Church, our corporate vision as a body and our personal vision as individual members of that body need to be visited on a regular basis. It's like everything. If we only speak on salvation once a year, or we only speak on the baptism in the Holy Spirit once a year, We only speak on healing once a year. We only speak on giving once a year. It's just a message and it's just gone. And we're taken up with something else. But we want to sort of bring all of these things together many, many times throughout the year so that we are alive, that we are focused on what we're all about. First of all, we need God-inspired vision. That makes all of the difference if we have a God-inspired vision, a vision from God. I believe the Lord has given us a key to this chapter in the spiritual life of Kole Community Church. 
when we ask the question early in this transformation, what is the Lord saying to the church? He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And it's the theme that keeps coming up over and over again as I'm preparing messages. What is the Lord saying? And I'm continually saying, Lord, show me. Lord, speak into my heart. Speak into our hearts so that we will be on track with you, that we will not be going in our own direction, but we will be taking direction from the Holy Spirit. A Holy Spirit-inspired vision will speak to spiritual people. And we can only be spiritual people when we are people of the Word and people of prayer. These are the two that combine together, help us to communicate with God in a way that we cannot without it. In fact, there is no communication where there is no word of God being, being read or, or studied every day and where there is no speaking to God in prayer every day, there is no communication. And everybody knows that communication is a two-way street. If you do all of the talking, that's not communication. But you do some talking, you do some praying to God, that's talking, praying to God. The only difference in prayer and conversation is that prayer is talking to God and other talking is talking to one another, right? But we have a special name for talking to God, and it's called prayer. And so prayer is talking to God, and the word of God is him talking to us. And when we have that word in our heart, down in our spirit, then our spirit man comes alive, and we begin to communicate with God in the spiritual realm that we cannot do outside of a conversion to Jesus Christ in accepting him as our Savior and allowing the Holy Spirit to indwell us. For every God-given vision, he gives provision. That is very important. And so if we can dream dreams that God gives us, if we can have visions that God gives us, either for this assembly or for our individual lives, for our family, if we can dream dreams that God plants in our heart, he will make the provision, no matter what it is. You want your kids to go to university and you don't have the money to do it. If God has planted that vision in your heart, he will provide the way. He provides a way where there is no way. We're all familiar with the biblical visions. First of all, let me remind you of Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones. Ezekiel 37. 1 to 14. But I'm just going to read just a few verses of it. Beginning at verse 1, the hand of the Lord 
came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. That was a wise answer. Lord, you know more than I know. But if you say they can live, then they can live. And God as much said that. Again, he said to, it, to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Now, when you've got that revelation from God, you can speak on God's behalf. You can speak to dry bones and see them live. You can speak to a congregation who has been going through a dry spell, and bring them the fact that God wants to have a revival in his church, not only in this building, but in his church in general, in Coal Lake, and people who hear will believe, and the Spirit of God will move, and we will have a different spirit, and we will go in the power of the Holy Spirit, and people will get saved. Marriages will be healed. Lives will be changed. Sick bodies will be healed. Miracles will take place because where the Spirit of God dwells, there is liberty. And God wants to set his people free. Amen. Amen. This was God's inspired word to encourage Israel to lead them out of despair and hopelessness. And Ezekiel on in that vision did as the Lord said and he saw those bones come to life. He saw flesh come up on the bones. He saw them stand up like a mighty army. And you know something? God has an army this, right now in this day, in this age. And that army is you and I. And no matter how, how dry we feel, no matter how we, we sense that in our spirit we're not like we used to be. You know, it's one good thing about God. If you sense that there's a, something in your life that just isn't right, you want to make some changes, God is more than willing to help you make those changes. Amen? God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Peter is another one, another one who had a vision from God. Peter uh, was tired. He went just to take a little rest. And a sheet was let down from heaven. He saw this in his vision. And in it were all kinds of four-footed animals. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 18. You'll find that record, but I'm not going to read it all either. But in it were all kinds of four-footed animals, verse 12. Uh, of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him, said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice 
spoke to him again the second time, and this is what it said. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven. Listen, God does a powerful work when a man or a woman just says to God, Lord, I'm tired of walking my own way. I want to follow you. I want to accept Jesus Christ into my heart, into my life. I want to be a different man. When the person does that, they may come into this place as drunk as a skunk. They can come in here high on drugs. They can come in here having done the most despicable sins that you could think of. And the moment they come to God, the moment they, they, they turn their life over to Jesus Christ, they become cleansed in the power of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses them from all sin. Now, the things that we do in this, this world, in our society, has consequences. We may have to pay, pay dearly for our sin. There may be things that we do that we will have to really pay a real hard price. We may have to, to pay our due to the law. But putting that aside, the person that asked Jesus Christ to come into their heart, they could be a murderer, they could be a rapist, they could be a child molester, doesn't matter. When Jesus receives someone into his family, they become clean. This is, what, this is what God was trying to show Peter. Because he was about to send him to the Gentiles. Up to this point, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the Jews. But now the gospel was going to be spread into all of the world. And the only way it could be spread into all the world is to go to the Gentiles as well. And so all of these animals that were, laid, were let down on a sheet were unclean animals. They were animals that were considered ceremonially unclean for Israel. And no Jewish person would eat those, this meat. But God told him to rise and eat. And he said, no. Peter said, no way, Lord. I've never done that, and I never will. And God rebuked him and said, listen, what God has cleansed, don't you call common or unclean. And so we come into this place this morning all walks of life, skeletons in our closets, things that we've done that we would blush even to speak about it, let alone share it in public. But we've been cleansed by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And that's what God wants to do for every unsaved man, woman, boy, and girl in Coal Lake and the Lakeland area. All over the world, of course. But Coal Lake and the Lakeland area is our responsibility. We've got a part to play in the church of God in seeing those people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. This was a God-inspired vision to Peter for the church, introducing Gentiles to the gospel of Jesus Christ, breaking down a religious wall. Secondly, we must keep our vision, our God-inspired vision alive. It is vision that moves us forward in God. Without it, we have a tendency to get caught up in a drifting, aimlessly attitude. We do the things that we know to do. We go through the, the ritual. We go through the, the motions of church. And there's nothing more sickly than a Pentecostal church, a full gospel church, a church that believes in the full gospel of Jesus Christ, in the fivefold ministry, going through the motions of religion. It is sickening. And it causes God to vomit. He said, either you're hot or you're cold. He said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. That comes from God. So I don't want to be like that. And I just happen to know that neither do you. Because you have got a glimpse of what it can be like in serving God with all of your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your strength. So we must keep that vision alive. Proverbs chapter 29, 8 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Or where there is no prophetic, no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Happy, he, happy is he who lines up with God's word, does what God's word says. John Maxwell, a tremendous teacher for leaders, and he says good leaders must communicate vision clearly, creatively, and continually. However, the vision doesn't come alive until the leader models it himself. And I want to model. I want to model this. I want to model vision in this church. I want to keep it alive because I know that God has some good things planned for us. I once read of a group of pilgrims. They landed on the shores of America about 350 years ago. With great vision and courage, they had come to settle in the new land. In the first year, they established the town. In the second year, they elected a town council. In the third year, the government, was, government proposed a road five miles westward into the wilderness. But the fourth year, the people tried to impeach the town council 
because they thought such a road into the forest was a waste of public funds. Somehow these forward-looking people had lost their vision. Once able to see across the ocean, they now could not look five miles into the wilderness. And we say, you know, how could they be like that? They went through so much. They came to the shores of America and Canada for freedom, freedom of religion mainly. And, and now they were being blinded by, by fear and not having enough. We all have need for a long and a short vision, a long and a short-term vision. If we lose sight of the overall purpose and vision, we also lose sight of our immediate goals. It's good to have a long-term vision, but our, what are we doing to get there? There's no one can have a plan that says, Five years from now, this is what we're going to be doing. What are we doing now to get there five years from now? And so, the Apostle Paul is a good example of this. He simply stepped out in faith to pursue his calling. He understood what God wanted to do in his life. God would give him specific instructions and he would bring short-term clarity to his overall vision. And so we see the Spirit took precedence over seemingly great ideas. We can have some great ideas for this church. But we need to be in touch with the Lord all of the time. Because we don't know what God wants to do. We can presume upon God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so in Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 10, we read, Now when they had gone through Pergia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysa, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing Mysa, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Paul had a great idea. They need God in Asia. So let's go, guys. Let's go to Asia. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit stopped them, gave him a check in his spirit. And he could not go to Asia because the Holy Spirit forbade him to go. And then God gives him a vision in a dream. And there's a man in Macedonia, and he's saying, Come over here and help us. And as he begins to share the vision, together they 
they agreed that God is calling us to Macedonia instead of to Asia. And you know the story. God did a great work through them in that area. The overall vision remains constant, but we need immediate, fresh vision. And that immediate, fresh vision comes from God. As you know, I have surrounded myself with men that are able to speak wisdom and direction into my life with elders and with my counsel. Together, they give me direction. If God lays something on my heart, if I feel that God is laying something on my heart to do, I'm not going to come to you and tell you all about it. I'm going to check it out with my board and with my elders. And when we've got the green light and when we, when we can agree between us that this is what God is saying, then we will share it with you. And if you can catch the vision, we will go with that vision and we'll see what God will do. Amen? Thirdly, we must be open to renewing and tweaking the vision as the Lord leads. Let me say that again. We must be open to renewing and tweaking the vision as the Lord leads. Folks, we should never be so dogmatic that everything is written in stone. And it's like the law of the Medes and the Persians. What I have spoken, I have spoken. And I cannot change it. That's not the ways of God. Because God knows that we are human. We are fallible, but he is not. And so we need God don't give us the whole, God don't download the whole picture to us. He gives us enough that we can handle, that we can understand, that we can work on. And then when we've done well in that, then he'll lead us to something else. And we will see great work done through that. So the question always is, what is the Spirit saying? What do we do next, Lord? How do we achieve this? The overall vision of the church is for it to be a mature body. And this is what we are working at right now in this church. This is why I'm preaching the kind of messages that I'm preaching right now. Because we need to be mature in our spiritual walk so that we can do the work that God has called us as a church to do. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16 says this, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints. That's what it's for. That's my job. That's my job. One of the the gifts to the church is a pastor. 
and the pastor is to help equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Wow. So consider me to be, uh, if, you can, if you can get your head around this, a newfie with a very low education who had to self-educate himself after he left school, being your college professor. And I'm teaching you how to be successful in your Christian walk. And part of success is being fruitful in seeing other people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Walking in faith. Walking according to God's word. And then when you are equipped, you're ready to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? Now, I don't have to do that alone. I've got a fine teacher that God has given me, Brother John. And he's doing a tremendous job, and I encourage you, get out, listen to the words that he's preaching. He's not going to lead you wrong. He's going to lead you into the truth of God's word. Amen? And it is for the, for the uh, okay, let me get, find out where I'm at now. Equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ to build us up uh, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to, be the, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by the cunning of, of him, of craftiness and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head that is Christ. Christ is the head of the church, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every jo joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In other words, causing the church to grow and be strong. Not a helpless, puny lot of people, not able to cast out our own shadow but full of the Holy Ghost and able to do all of the things that we see done in the book of Acts. One aspect of our vision that needs to be revisited is evangelism. Research over the past few years reveals that American Christians are far from evangelistic. Lifeway Research reported that in 2012, that's back a ways now, 61% of Christians had not shared their faith in the previous six months. In 2014, that number rose to 78%. Can you imagine that? 
Furthermore, 59% of Christians have not invited, not invited an unchurched person to church, to a church service, or any kind of a church-related activity. That's not being evangelistic. If we call ourselves an evangelistic group of people, and we're amongst that percentage point, that's not being evangelistic. So what is true for Americans is also true for Canadians. We're probably even a little worse. We write mission statements and develop programs intended to win others to Christ. And that's good. I'm not putting that down. But if we ignore personal evangelism, we're missing the mark. If we're saying, let's let the church do it all, we are forgetting who the church really is. Because we're the church. Amen? And it's good to give to missions. It's good to give towards outreach and all of these things. But there's nothing like a one-on-one. -on -one. Sharing your faith, living the life that should be lived in front of a, another person. We need to become gospel-centered rather than self-centered. We need to make personal evangelism a priority in Colette Community Church, and we will. You're going to hear just as much about personal evangelism in the days to come as you hear about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, as you hear about the need to be born again, as you hear about the need to be good stewards of what God has given you in tithes and offerings. It's a part of our mission. It's a part of the Great Commission. In fact, what was the main message of Jesus at the start of his ministry? Matthew 4, 17. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's how Jesus started off his ministry. What was the Great Commission at the end of his ministry, just before he went into heaven? Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. What was the first sermon that Peter preached at Pentecost? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. For you shall, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the gospel, friends. It's the gospel. What did the New Testament Christians do then after they had received Peter's message? Mark 16, 20 says, they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and signs uh, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. That's a full gospel church. That's a full gospel person. That's a born-again believer. That is one who is supposed to be filled with the Spirit, receiving power 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's what we're all about, folks. And every one of us, myself included, have been letting down in that area. And the vision that God is instilling within us as a congregation is that we've got to do something about that. We've got to be intentional about winning souls for Christ. And if you don't know how, we'll put on a, a course that will teach you. Amen? There's no reason to say, I don't know what to do. God has empowered us and given us the wisdom and the words and his word to show you what is the right way. And this vision can go with power, the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. So how does this look? How does this look for us at Lake Community Church? Well, we are totally sold out on the five-fold ministry. No good to come, out, come to us with any other doctrine. No good to tell us that the power of the Holy Spirit is not real. You're too late. I've already received it. No good to tell us talking in tongues is not for the day. Too late. I already do it. In fact, I did it this morning. I've been doing it in the service. A vision for our individual lives and a vision for the church are closely related. We are the church. We are the church. We believe in being spirit-filled and spirit-led. We have a biblically sound statement of faith. We have a strongly worded mission statement. We are an equipping and a healing center. We do not envision ourselves in this facility forever. When God says it's time to go, we're going to move with the cloud. Just as the children of Israel, when the cloud stayed over the tents, they stayed there. When the cloud lifted, they went. And when the cloud lifts, we'll be making announcements of what we're going to do in the future because we will have a clear direction from God and it won't be Hayward Eastman's vision. It won't be the, the board's vision. It won't be the elder's vision. It will be our vision, the congregation and the board and the elders and the pastors together convinced that God has spoken and we will go forward in the power and the might of Jesus Christ. We're presently positioning ourselves for spiritual growth. That is why I'm encouraging you to get to the prayer meeting, get to the, get to the Bible's, Bible teaching. Let's make God our first priority. If our vision for the future is to be more like Jesus, then we must be doing the things that Jesus did. If we believe that the spiritual growth is important, then everything that we do must be measured by this rule. 
There is a frightening intimacy between what we believe and what we as individuals and as a church will become. Let me say that again. There is a frightening intimacy between what we believe and what we as individuals, as a church, will come. We are the church. If 50% of the church just wants to go through a form, we are not a healthy church. So we all need to be on board. We all need to be saying, we want what God wants. So, we only do what we see the Father do. John 5 and 9, that's the way Jesus did it. So, in conclusion, CLC Ministries, CLCC Ministries, for the near future are as follows. John and I will remain in leadership for at least one year. But don't, please don't hold us to one year. Let's let God decide when there will be a leadership change. Any change will be made with prayerful input with the pastors, council, the elders, because they're my spiritual, spiritual advisors. Here is what you can expect this coming fall. Kickoff will be scaled down, but still very exciting. Midweek service will be one of the main ministries of the church. I don't want Bible studies or any small group interfering with midweek service. Midweek service is our Bible teaching under the, the, the leadership of Pastor John. And we are going to get ourselves built up, filled up, fed up with the Word of God. Okay? Very important. Another thing that you can expect is, if I can find it again, Alpha. Very important. We're talking about evangelism. This is an evangelism tool. If you can bring somebody who don't know Jesus out to Alpha, it will mean a tremendous thing in their lives. Maybe not all of them will find Jesus, but at least they will have a foundation that we can build up on and help them to know Jesus as their Savior. Make Alpha a priority. Women's ministry and men's ministry and youth ministry and children's ministry. We support that with all of our heart, with all of our being. And these ministries will be encouraged and strengthened as needed. We will be placing great emphasis on the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the prophetic and evangelism. You see, we are the whole gospel, the full gospel. There are some times when the prophetic 
will mean a whole lot to the congregation. Last Sunday, I gave you the guidelines for the prophetic and how to use the prophetic. And we will not, we will not tolerate anything other than that. Amen? So we, we are going to have order in the service. That's for sure. But we're not going to hinder the Holy Spirit from moving. You can't put God in a box. We want everything that God has in store for his people in this place. We want this to be a place where people are free in Jesus Christ. Above all, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit and solidly grounded in the word. We want you to be excited about your church family. Excited enough to bring your, your family and friends to Colate Community Church. That you know they're not going to be disappointed. There is a possibility that they may say ouch before the service is over. But I'm going to tell you, it will be by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is in something, you're going to be okay. You're not going to have to, to worry that your loved one is going to be offended. If they all of a sudden realize that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. That's a good thing, friend. That's a good thing. They may go out and say, I'm never going back to that place again. Don't worry. They'll come back. They'll come back. And they'll be children of the Most High God. And most of all, we want to be focused on Jesus. And to him be the honor the glory, and the praise. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you folks. You're going to have a good week in Jesus. Keep focused on him. Amen. Ernie, do you have something for us? What? Yes, okay. And maybe you're here today and you need, you need prayer. This is what we're all about. You know, you can come to this place and you're so low down, you've got to reach up and touch your shoes. But Jesus Christ is here to help you. We want you to know that no matter what you're facing, whatever difficulty it may be, God has an answer for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, come, I'll pray with you. We want to give you some information about living the life for Jesus. If you're sick in your body today, you say, Pastor, man, I've, I've come so many times, I've almost got a hole worn in the carpet from coming back and forth for prayer. Would you consider coming one more time? A lot of people, I've heard it said, a lot of people have given up on praying and believing God for their miracle when it was just around the corner. That one more time. The Bible tells us to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. It's not a lack of faith to keep praying and keep asking until you have the answer. And sometimes you already have the answer, but you have to reach out and take it. Maybe God is saying, to you something to do today and you're saying, Lord, I can't do that. Yes, you can. If you believe God is speaking to you today, why don't you obey him? Why don't you do what he's asking you to do? 
Maybe it's something that you've never done before. Doesn't matter. You're amongst friends. We are all people who have been in all walks of life. Many of us have been right where you are at now. And we found the Lord to be able to come and, and bring peace and healing and spiritual renewal into our lives. If you've been walking with God at one time, now you're not doing it, and you just, you just feel a little uneasy here today. You, you don't feel like you're apart. Well, that's the devil trying to keep you away, trying to keep you from the blessing that God is offering you today. We have prayed, you know, we have prayed this morning that if there's anyone that comes into the, the room today, who don't, know Jesus, who don't know Jesus as their Savior, we have prayed that today they would make that decision. We have prayed that if there's somebody that comes in that is sick, that's got a, a sickness or an ailment that is really hurting them today and they want to be free, we have prayed that this would be the morning that they would be set free. Our God is an awesome God. And he wants to help you today. So if you need something from the Lord today, you come. Does nothing for my, what do you call it, my morale or whatever, you know, whether you stay where you're at or where do you come. That's, it's not about that. It's about you receiving from God's bountiful supply. And we've got a lot of people here that believe and want to pray with you. If there's one, if there's a dozen, if there's a hundred. The altar is open, and you come. Amen? Praise the Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.